It's July and it's hot, hot, hotter than hell. But since the 30 minute hour doesn't shy away from heat, we're going to bring it on today's podcast. And no one does it better than me, Michelle Manning, therapist, provocateur, and Jen. Hi, Jen. also equally hot. <laughs> but easy, Jen, because we got to get started. Well, we got to do the befores before we oh, get started. Okay. So I'm all ready to jump in. Well, before we get started, okay. I wanted to make a couple of announcements. Now, don't forget, you can catch the pod anytime on my website, michellelmanning.com, where you can also catch the bonus 10. And the bonus 10 is a deep throat, or maybe a deep dive into these topics, giving deep us a little throat. more room and a bit more consideration to explore some of the intricacies of each topic. So please check that out at michellelmanning.com. But the best announcement of all, ready? Ready. Due to popular demand, popular demand, we are extending the 30-minute hour through the end of the year. Woo -woo! Yeah, that's wah, for wah, the wah. people. Yeah. <laughs> so don't leave us after today's topic. Stay tuned for, do these jeans make my butt look fat? where Jen and I break down toxic femininity in August. September will plead, it's not you, it's me, as we take a look at rejection. October will throat punch the relevance of milestones. And November will take on consent. And if you think it's black and white, we feel sorry for you. But the best topic comes in December. You want to know why? Why? Because you picked that out. Me or the people? And Jen is going to represent the people. All of our listeners. Yep. The millions that are out there. And where are they, Jen? They're all over the place. Can you name some places? Venus. <laughs> that is that that is true. We did we did get a hit in a weird way. Even though it said zero percent, Venus did show up. Venus popped up. On mm -hmm. some of our stats. Our ladies. Okay. We won't really go into depth about that, but we're taking it as a W. Yes, we are. Okay. We got New Zealand in the house. Yes, we do. Some Colorado, our New Mexico listeners. Yeah. And can. what about India? Oh, India. I'm so happy to have you, India. Thanks for joining. Now, India, we know that you are big. And we know that um, saying that we welcome India is kind of a big pill to swallow. But you know what? We do. We I welcome all of you. We welcome all of you. And I can swallow big pills. She can swallow big things. And that 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 is the topic of today. So swallowing big things. If I if, thought it was our sex therapist looking like sexy. <laughs> if we have teased you enough, let's remove all cock blocks and get in and out, in and out, and push this show to its climax. Welcome to the thirty-minute hour with me and and Jen. <laughs> Let the thirty start now. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, so today's topic is... Sex. Yes. I love to talk about sex. Because so nobody I. ever wants to talk about it, and I do. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. Especially with you. Which is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're lucky. You are lucky. I should be charging you to talk about this with me. I should be charging you to talk about it with me because I make you laugh so hard to hear your pants sometimes <laughs> when we talk is, about this subject. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Our engineers, the stude dudes, really have to work hard on these mics when we just go off laughing on them because we do that a lot on this podcast. Okay. Sorry ahead of time. Today's podcast that everybody was waiting for is sex therapists should at least look like they have sex. 
Yes. And what we want to do with this topic is not just simply talk about sex, but also talk about how the subject of sex fits into therapy. Um, is it a relevant topic? Um, is, are sex therapists relevant for therapy? And, you know, just kind of folding everything in. Is, is sex a topic or is it never about the sex? And it becomes about the sex because nobody ever wants to really get in there and figure out what it really is about. Like, okay, so let's start the topic here. Have you ever had an issue with sex or sexuality, Jen? Like, did you ever, were you ever with a partner um, that it just wasn't working right for you, even maybe a long-term partner in a relationship? Because typically that's what's going to bring a lot of people to my office is that something is going on in their relationship. So maybe we'll start there. Let's talk about, you know, sex and sexuality within relationships. So have you ever had an issue within a relationship? Yes. Okay. Don't give me too much information because then the next question I have for you is, was it really about the sex? No. Okay. So that's one of the things that I always see in my office is that a lot of people need to talk about sex and they feel like sex is going to be the topic. But from what I have seen in my experience as a therapist, it's never about the sex. Right. It's never about the sex. It's never about the depression. It's never about the anxiety. It's never about what you are presenting with because what you're presenting with is symptomatic of the issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have you ever, okay, so if we tie this into <clears throat> therapy, have you ever brought up the issue or topic? Not even an issue, because sometimes you bring up sex and sexuality in the office, in the therapy, you know, dynamic, and it doesn't always mean that there's an issue. Sometimes my clients will come in and they'll just tell me what they did the night before. Right, yeah. Have right. you ever brought it up in a therapist dynamic? I did because I knew something was up. Okay. With me. And that was affecting my sexual relationship. Right. Um, so when you brought it up, were you thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to bring this up. They're going to know exactly how to handle it. They're going to know exactly what to do. And it's going to be the best conversation and the best support I've ever had. No. No, no, no. That's not what you were not. thinking. No. <laughs> okay. What were you thinking prior to bringing it up? When you thought about bringing it up, what were you thinking? That the therapist is not going to know what to do with it. Why? Because it's such a taboo thing. You know, like people don't even like to talk about it, just like regular people, that like the therapist isn't going to know what to do in that area. You know what I mean? They're not experienced in sex. Right. They're experienced in getting, you know, you through life and being in your head and whatnot. Because sex has nothing to do with life, does it? No. Right. <laughs> or being in your head. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, it was a really, it, it was a really hard thing to bring up. And um, I don't even know if bringing it up to that specific therapist was worth it for me. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay you might be getting into something very, very interesting that I did not expect to go. However, this could be really, really good. So let me ask you this. You have an issue that you want to bring up and you feel as if the issue could somehow be intertwined, intersected, you know, with sex. 
and you're needing someone, maybe even someone objective. I mean, that's kind of the point why people work with therapists, right? Mm -hmm. In theory, we're supposed to be very objective and we can look at things from the outside looking in, which makes it easier to see a panorama, makes it easier to contextualize things. So you bring this to the therapist, you're a little nervous, but you're kind of trusting their, their experience. Right. Okay. Well, first I'm questioning it. Right. Then when I finally get up, yeah, the, the nerve. nerve to ask it, yeah. So... What happened? You bring this up, expecting to get support. What happened? Um, I bring it up, expecting to get support, and she just took it back to trauma from childhood. Oh, I love when that happens. I'll, I'll speak more about that, too. So go on. Yeah, which... Um, a lot of my issues came from being sexualized at a young age. So, um, you know, it's like all childhood trauma and it's all this and that and we just kind of need to work with me and my traumas and get it to where, you know, I'm okay and I can have sex like every other person. Right. Um, and that's not really what I needed. Um, and so... I actually kind of had to figure it out a little bit on my own with my partner. That's the, I mean, honestly, that's the ideal thing. You know, I love telling people, especially people that I work with, that therapy does not have to take place in a therapist's office. Okay. My therapy is my mountain, the beautiful Sandia Mountains that we have here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That is my therapist. Mm -hmm. And I visit that therapist as many times as I can. Fortunately, it's free. It costs me a lot of energy to go see that therapist, as anybody who has ever right. used the mountain knows. It costs me a lot of energy, but it is. It's something that is very therapeutic for me. So ideally, it's so great if you can find therapy outside of the office, but you actually were kind of pushed out of the office mm -hmm. because they weren't able, like, I think what you're saying, and I don't know, you're going to tell me, I think they pathologized this. I think they basically turned your issue into something that was an issue, if that makes sense. So now we've got, instead of just trying to figure out, well, first of all, are you attracted to your partner? Right. That's, that's probably a good question to mm -hmm. ask, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of lead with. Mm -hmm. Are you attracted to your partner? Do you desire your partner? Do you desire that gender? There you go. Absolutely. You know, there are so many questions that we can mm. ask that seem to be, it, it seems as if understanding attraction and desire and going there first, as opposed to making this a pathology, as opposed to saying, oh my gosh, issues in the bedroom, oh dear, we've got trauma, we've mm -hmm. got someone who was sexualized too young and now they're acting out. Right, yeah. Did she... anybody ever tell you that? No. That this was like, okay, good. I'm glad because I get that a lot in my office. Really? Oh, yeah. That especially with women, you know, and I can say this, especially with women, if they are being what is considered hypersexual, a strong libido, a strong sex drive, well, they could never come by that naturally. There had to have been trauma in their lives for them to be, be so promiscuous. Oh, promiscuity. Right. Oh, God. Don't she I love hate that word? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. So do you think that your therapist made it worse? Despite the fact that you were able, I don't even know if you made it better with your partner, but do you think that when you left, did you feel worse 
about the situation or maybe even worse about yourself? Um, I definitely felt like I shouldn't have divulged that information. Oy. Okay. Yeah. And that's a really crappy thing to walk away from your therapist's office thinking I shouldn't have said that. Why is, yeah. You're at your therapist's office to tell them things to get you better. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So one of the things. But again, at that place, I wasn't with a good therapist. No, but I don't think that you knew. And so I guess, you know, even though we have different topics that we really get into, you know, when we're doing our little 30 minute hour, I think that all of these topics are still under the headline that is how to make your therapist your bitch. And I don't think that when you were talking about this with your therapist, even if the quality of therapy was not what you needed at that time, I don't really think that when you were talking about this with your therapist, you really trusted that they had sex. Not that one. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I don't know if this person was specifically a sex therapist. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But I guess one of the things that you had said earlier was life and how you should be able to talk about life and you should be able to talk about sex as if the two are different. But one of the things that you probably heard me say 50 million times and one of the things that I may have even said on any one of these podcasts is... There seem to be only three things that affect every single person on this planet. Sex, food, and money. Every single person is affected in some way, shape, or form, positively, negatively, by sex, food, and money. And what my field has a tendency to do is make a distinction between sex and the other things. And the other things are even specialized the other fields things are as well. Ego. they can be for a lot of people they can be a lot of issues for a lot of people but you know if we understand that those are the three things that affect every single person we should have general knowledge of those things right or at least look as if we can manage those things well we can manage our money well we can manage our health well we can manage sex well why does sex freak people out? Fuck Even if I know. telling people that you are a sex therapist, they're like, what? oh my god, she she specializes in that. Like what? What? Like, like there's no one that specializes in sex therapy, right? Like they're really like taken back. Like they can't understand that that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Exactly. It Absolutely. Always blows my mind because they're always like a sex therapist. Yes. Yes. She's a therapist to aliens? <laughs> <laughs> That's, why Venus. I mean? That's why Venus was listening to us. There you go. They know. Exactly. They know. They're like, we want to have some too. <laughs> In whatever language they, they speak, the Venetians. <laughs> I know that Venetians are Sex living on Venus. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really, really, really frustrating, and I'll tell you why. So if... Um, I'll get technical on you just for a second, especially because if I want to inform anybody that's listening and anybody that might be looking, you know, for someone who, quote unquote, specializes in this, one of the things that they need to know is, technically speaking, you are considered a sex therapist when you are certified. So you can say, I am a certified sex therapist, and that's actually an acronym that a lot of people will put behind their name. So I'm a certified sex therapist. That's what a lot of people who specialize in this will say. And one of the reasons why they like that acronym, why they like that certification, is because it implies that there is additional schooling. However. Which there is, right? There is, absolutely. 
but I have issues with some of the schooling. I have issues with how much money some of the schooling costs. So therefore, whenever I am introducing myself or introducing my practice, I never refer to myself as a sex therapist because I don't want to take anything away from people that actually put themselves through that and all of their money. But it's fine for me, ethically, to say that I specialize in sex therapy. Right. So, Which means you're not just seeing clients, but you're not just seeing clients based on sexual issues. Exactly. Exactly. And so one of the things that I always say is that if you are working with someone who is either good at specializing in sex therapy or a really good sex therapist, the only thing that they do special is not get their panties in a wad when it comes to sex. It does take a special person. <laughs> if you can believe that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's it because most people, sex therapists as well, and I'll talk about that in a second too, um, they get their panties in a wad. Sex therapists will get their panties in a wad because like I've seen them do. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just mm, having you clarify dude, what kind of wad. Seriously. I'm, it's not a good one. <laughs> it's not a wet one. It's a dry, scrunchy one from their little nalgas pulling. <laughs> yes, it is. That. I'm sorry. Jen, are you okay? <laughs> I'm losing Jen, guys. <laughs> no, it's terrible. You know, I have been in so many conferences getting some of these classes, you know, under my belt. I have been to so many conferences, so many workshops that are supposed to specialize in advanced um, sexual topics. And so, uh, I should say... More often than not, the cohort that I am with, they are asking questions that makes it seem like I don't know if they've ever put the penis anywhere else but the hole. Like, seriously. And mm-hmm. despite my being so heteronormative with this language, um, that's kind of where they're coming from, too. Like anything, if we know that the cohort, majoritively, that I attend these courses with, if they feel it is exotic or sensational to put the penis anywhere else beside the hole or the vaginal hole, um, trust me, anything outside of that when it comes to orientation or taste and preferences, they would short circuit. And these are sex people who specialize in sex therapy. No, at this point, some of them even have their certification. No. Yes, because I would go into some of these types of dynamics. Well, that's why this world's so fucked up, because we don't have any decent therapists that can talk to us about sex. Exactly. But when you do go look for someone. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's why we're having this conversation. Because when you do go look for someone that you feel could really support you, if they can speak this language, if they understand orientation and not that orientation ever you know how we identify and how we orient isn't simply about sex and yet you will find a lot of sex therapists that make orientation and identity all about sex so they find these types of topics even if they group them all together very sensational very titillating as if they are standalone topics but as anybody knows who's been in your situation which I know a lot of people have it's not about the sex it's not about the person you're attracted to necessarily. And more often than not, it's not even about how you identify because you kind of have that shit figured out. Right, right. Yeah. Can I just say that once I moved past whatever the fuck it was, oh, my God, our sex life rocked. Right. Sex is the best. Fuck yes. Yeah. And probably, and I don't need details from you. And, and you know what? 
any person worth of salt doesn't need details from you because they're able to gather enough information with very limited insight and help you put things together, mm -hmm. you know? And so I do not need details from you, but do you think that it would have helped if the therapist that you'd brought this to would have been able to kind of guide you there? Like say, hey, have you talked about this with your partner? What would happen if you said these things to your partner? If you express these concerns? Well, that would have been nice. Right. That's simple, right? Mm -hmm. But what did she want to focus on instead? She just threw it back to childhood trauma. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's trauma involved in it. First thing they, you know, anyone sometimes with sexual issues sometimes there is trauma sometimes there it. is absolutely so, um but she didn't ask me any questions to see if it was anything else besides trauma right she just assumed that that's what it was see and that's something that i get frustrated with too with my professional peers because they seem to believe that sex abuse is sexual right um Instead I'm, of criminal. I was told once that you take, well, talking with kiddos, that you take the sexual part out of sexual abuse and you call it abuse because it is abuse. And sometimes with children, if you're putting sexual in that, they're always going to think of sexual abuse associated with sex. Yeah. You know, and... um yeah, I've I've taken sexual abuse out and have just called it abuse, at least for my children, because I don't want them to look at sex in a bad light. Is that... Um, if it's something that affects every single person on this planet, we should not look at it in a bad light. When we look at food in a bad light, what happens? When we look at money in a bad light, what happens? Answer, nothing good. Right, right. You know, and I think that we do such a disservice, especially to kids, because for the most part, and this is statistically true, for the most part, most abuse happens to those that are most vulnerable. And we typically are most vulnerable when we're younger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then when you grow up thinking that this thing that everybody says is so beautiful makes you feel bad and shameful because someone tied it to that criminal experience that you had, um, that really fucks with your head. Yeah, it does. Or I believe the way to say it now is mind fuckery, mm -hmm. which I absolutely love because that's exactly what it is. So when your mind is fucked, where do you go for that? Uh, that's that's the issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No one's talking about sex. Um, parents can't even talk about it to their kids no. I was talking to a girl at work and we were talking about how she was like wow I wish my mom talked to me like you do your kids because her mom and my mom just don't have sex just don't that that should yeah. be enough I'm telling you don't have sex fuck no that's not enough right are you kidding I'm like telling my kids look it's gonna happen and when it does I want you to let me know that you're sexually active and let's protect you yeah and I just wish that more people were having this conversation with their kiddos with others so one of the things that I've always known about you and Jen as I'm sure you guys know we go way back and one of the things that I've always known about you is that you have had a very strong sense of sexuality and I think I explained to you at one point the difference between sex and sexuality 
Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Not all the motherfreaking all them therapists I seen just saying. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you helped me understand a lot about it. Yeah. Sex is something you do. Sexuality is how you feel, and sexuality doesn't off doesn't always have anything to do with sex because you can feel so strong in your sense of sexuality and not be hard, not be wet, not be excited, not be stimulated other than with yourself and not even in a sexual way. Mm -hmm. You know, that sexuality is a part of your identity. It is vitality. It gives you breath. You know, I absolutely love it. It makes you feel sexy. Mm -hmm. And again, when you feel sexy, that doesn't always have anything to do with sex. Right. You know, and so a lot of times what I see, looking at the time, we're okay. A lot of times what I see is I work with a lot of people who have a very strong sense of sexuality, but they don't know the sex part. So then if they don't know the sex part, they don't know what their sense of sexuality is and they may misinterpret what that is. Right, and what to do with it. What to do with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so Mm -hmm. that was something that I've always known about you is that your sense of sexuality was always so very strong. You knew that it was a part of your identity. You knew that there was no shame in it. So let's say, hypothetically, let's say that you were horrible in bed. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. I know it's so hard to believe, Jen. Not that I have any yes. experience. Please, say that again. <laughs> Gotta reach out to those OnlyFans. No, Jen and I have never done anything with pillows or negligees or anything like that. Those things are vibrating. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> okay, so let's say that you were horrible in bed and every single partner that you've ever had said that you are lame and you oh. really felt like your mechanics are off. But, but, cry. but. You still had a very strong sense of sexuality. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Because the mechanics are easy. Wouldn't you say? Mm. When you understand, well, when you understand the mechanics of how your body works, when you understand the mechanics of tastes and preferences and what gets you through the night, Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you understand that and you've got a sense of sexuality that is promoting that, now you're rocking everybody's world. Mm-hmm. That's me. Um, or I should <laughs> say, you're rocking the universe, Venus. You're rocking that universe. Because I'll rock my own damn universe my damn self <laughs> if I have to. Even. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, when you have a strong sense of sexuality, then the, the mechanics become something that may be even fun to work on, maybe even fun to play with. But do you think that because I'm finally getting to the point that I was trying to make, do you think that because you have a strong sense of sexuality, it makes it easy for you to teach your children? I never thought about that. Um, Wow, I... (laughs) I just thought it was because I'm such a rad-ass mom, you know, (laughs) like, hello, (laughs) I got the greatest kids in the world because I'm so great. Um, But yeah, I I guess, She does have the greatest kids in the world, by the way. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But I I, I never really looked at it in that way. But um, I guess, yeah, it it makes sense. Having a strong sense of sexuality is the ultimate kink. And that's the truth. And for those that know anything about kink culture, and I think... All of my kinksters, if I may, um, would agree with me in that being kink is awesome because being kink is being unapologetic. Mm. Yes. When you are kinky, you are unapologetic about your tastes and preferences. 
And that's basically another way of saying a strong sense of sexuality. When you have a strong sense of sexuality, you're not shameful about sex. Mm-mm. When you find the right person to just get down and kinky with, yes. Yeah. There ain't no apologies there. That's exactly right. Things and are going places and things are happening and we're no kind of apology. You just <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. You took the words right out of my mouth. Because in those types of situations, anybody who has sex in these most beautiful ways, you know, all these beautiful ways of the romance novels, it is messy. It is weird. It's dirty. It's <laughs> dirty. It's embarrassing. You're looking at the sheets and you're thinking, what the fuck? Okay. Uh, take them off. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just work five times. Yeah. Got anything wrong with exactly. That? You're grabbing towels. You got to clean things up. Yeah. You never see that depicted in movies. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. You don't even really see it depicted in porn, but we don't watch porn to see it messy. We watch porn for other reasons. You know, some people, that might be their kink, which is fine because you're unapologetic about it. But, you know, yeah. But you've got to be unapologetic about it. exactly. And you've got to get to that place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So then, okay, this kind of brings me back to sex therapy. If the therapist makes it about an apology or makes it about shame... Because if you're walking around and the therapist tells you that the reasons why you're having issues in the bedroom is because of that trauma, you're not really going to feel empowered. Mm-mm. No. Anytime someone links something back to my childhood trauma, I'm like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to look at your partner with boom, chicka, bow, wow. Right, right. You're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. It's, is my trauma <laughs> leading me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that, that makes me crazy because how can you help someone then? Because basically what you and I have deduced in this conversation, in 27 plus minutes of this conversation, understanding your sense of sexuality to the point that you're not apologizing or shameful for having a strong sense of sexuality is the first step to addressing the mechanics. And then where do you go after? that and then where you go after that is deeper deeper (laughs) really deep we gotta come on we gotta give give props to the podcast topic (laughs) we need to go there we need to have fun with puns like go there and there again and back again because again nobody (laughs) is doing that it's and it's so to make sex puns see and that's the thing it's so easy you know what i mean it is so i don't want to say therapy is easy but it is, people. You know, therapy is easy, and it's not because I'm phoning it in. It's not because I don't like my job. I actually love my job. I love my job more than I ever thought anybody could ever love a job. I've been doing this for many moons, and there is no way I'm stopping anytime soon because I love it so much. I work for the world's biggest think tank, you know, is kind of the mm-hmm. way that I see it because the clients that I have are the sharpest tools in the shed, no doubt. And it's so much easier to address the issues that we need to address if they're not mired in shame, if they're not always apologizing or embarrassed to tell me that their cooter's broken. Mm -hmm. Because that can happen Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And cooter can be interchangeable. Boys can have cooters if they want. Right. Fine. But be okay telling me that it's broken so that we can get on it. So that we can fix it. Uh Mm -hmm. I said get on it. Like uh, there, Duh. there we go again. Like, get on it. <laughs> right. Gotta keep it My real, Jen. <laughs> <Dad does. laughs> uh-huh. 
Bring it, Jen. <laughs> Ooh, that genuine. Yes. <laughs> was one of the greatest. I was, I was feeling a little more cool in the gang, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> Don't show your age. Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so we've got one minute and one minute. 45 seconds left. What what do you want to revisit? Are we right? Let me ask you this. Are we right and are we going to save the world with this topic? Yes. Okay. We're always right. We're always saving the world with our topics. Okay. But um, this one especially, yeah, I I would give nothing more for everyone to be comfortable in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. That, right? That would cure so many ill so many securities just so many things if people could just be comfortable if people can be comfortable with their sense of sexuality and if therapists could understand that this is not a specialization and to keep shame as far away from this topic as you possibly can you know i would give anything if we had more listeners who were therapists than clients of therapists because the clients of therapists you guys are awesome. Know, right, right. You guys are golden. Right. We got to fix your therapists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get get the podcast to them, people. Please, if there is anybody out there who is listening and you are a client of therapy, get your cli- your clients, get your therapist to listen to this, please. And then hopefully they won't be a therapist that sucks. Right. Yeah. This is, are we actually trying to help the therapists? <laughs> 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 But we better keep that on the DL because therapists know everything, don't they? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all therapists. I just know about you. (laughs) I know everything. But I think I've even already said that before. I think I've said it before. Yes, yes, you do. And it's true. What can I say? (laughs) But Jen's the beauty. I'm the brains. Jen's the beauty. And one of these days, if any listeners have an opportunity to see us, they'll find out. But maybe check out Jen's Instagram before we wrap up. What is it again? It's Hippie Korean. Hippie Korean. Hippie underscore Korean. Hippie underscore Korean. All right. You guys, you need to pay attention. Jenny Asian on Twitter. You need to pay attention next time because after July, we've got August coming up. And August is coming up with, do these jeans make my butt look fat? Toxic femininity. Are you ready, Jen? I am so ready for it. All right. We will see you then. Yes. Bye. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. Boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Mark and Nick. Mark and Nick. Thanks, guys. Yes. See you next time.